Howdy folks, I want to welcome you to another episode of Life Around the Fire. My name is David Utari and I'll be your host today. We are a podcast that is devoted to spiritual growth. And what we mean by spiritual growth is this. Growth in our relationship, first and foremost with God, then in our relationships with one another. What we're going to do today in this episode is we invited Dr. Bill into the house, and uh, he is one of my favorite teachers and preachers. He happens to be one of my pastors from the church that I go to, Christ the Messiah, in Jacksonville, Florida, but uh, he's been so gracious as to come into the studio today and field a couple of questions from me concerning this aspect of forgiveness. (laughs) Because we, one thing I've learned about people is that people are people. And we all are people and people do people things. And in doing that, we... We step on each other's toes, we cross boundaries, we, we, stuff happens. But also, there can be an issue of actual sin that is part of our life. That's a area that God is touching and wanting to remove. I've heard it said that one of the, if not the only thing that God is really angry at is that which comes between us. That sin not so much us, but that the things that separate us from him and us from one another. And so that being said, uh, before we do that, though, I would like to just kind of find out a little bit, uh, Dr. Bill, if you would, please, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, how long you've been doing this stuff, where you're from, and uh, a little bit like what's on your heart, you know? Well, number one, I was born in Canada, so I'm a Canadian, and that's where my dry humor comes from. Uh, And I was saved at the age of 11. The interesting thing about that was the preacher that night, he was a Brother Davis that was in the Assemblies of God Church, and all he did was quote the whole book of 1 Corinthians, obviously under the anointing. When he gave the altar call, I went up, gave my life to Jesus, received the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and the call to preach. I resisted the call to preach for quite a while. I wanted to be a doctor of music. 
Hmm. And all all I learned out of that was how to play the accordion. <laughs> but anyway, um pretty good too, by the way. So <clears throat> but God took me an interesting way. He did not let me finish high school. And so uh, I went out to work uh, in my first month or two of grade 12. And from then on, I began to just find my way. Uh, he took me through a number of things, which afterwards I saw were actually training for ministry. Uh -huh. Let me say this, folks, that there's a scripture in Isaiah, just let me, in Isaiah 29, I think it is. Just let me get my scriptures here. Well, let me get it here. Where'd he go? Isaiah 29. And, and it's something we need to remember because we make a difference between uh, ministry and people. <laughs> but God uses ministry as a training tool, or uses our everyday work as a training tool. He'll take us out of that field when he wants to, um, when it's time, or when he wants us to go into the fullness of ministry. But so much we need to let go of our understanding. Listen to this. In Isaiah 28 and verse, starting at verse 24. Doth not the plowman plow all day to sow? Doth he open and break the clods of his ground? Which made plain the face thereof, doth he not cast abroad the fitches and scatter the common and the principal wheat and the appointed barley and the rye in their place? Here is the thing that hit me. For his God doth instruct him to discretion and doth teach him. Mm -hmm. I was brought up that ministry was a career. Yes, it was a calling, but it was also a career path. Mm -hmm. Amos said this, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son. But the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. Right. The issue is letting God train me in whatever context He's put me in. He will move me into ministry when the time is right. right. And that's what I found. Uh, I had some uh, training as an orderly working in the hospitals. I then went to Living Christian Community for five, for five years. I actually lived in, in a city group for a while. There were 63 people in the house. Wow. You talk about learning forgiveness. I had to learn. Uh, you can, listen, when you're living in Christian community, you either love them or hate them. There's no middle ground. And so we learned how to forgive the frictions, wow. how to give grace for humanity, and how to forgive. I often say to people, I'm here in spite of the church, and in spite of how the body of Christ has, taught, has treated me. I'm here because God has kept me. I'm here because he wouldn't let me get away. And believe me, there are times when I wanted to run. The problem was, he was in every place I ran to. Amen. 
And so I had to work my way through those things. In Christian community, you have to work your way through the um, things done wrong, the misunderstandings. And, of course, when you're living with a group 24-7, we had our own cabin, but most of our stuff was done with all the other members. And in the uh, there were three farms at that time uh, that we lived in or lived with, and there were 120 uh, people on the farms, and there were 24 elders. Wow. And the only thing I'll say about the 24 elders is they weren't the ones around the throne in heaven. Uh, <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. But opportunities come right. to learn forgiveness. Right. And the, the deeper relationships you build, the greater opportunity there is to have to forgive. Right. Forgiveness is a choice. Here's, here's something that after many years I learned. I would think that when my feelings came up in a situation where I said I'd forgiven, that it was proof I had not forgiven. Yeah, that's good. I remember that. Yeah. And the Lord said to me, he said, no, forgiveness is a choice. What you need to pray is, Lord, bring my feelings in line with my choice. Right. Because feelings don't always tell the truth. You can misperceive something and have feelings come out of that misperception, then you have to forgive yourself for your misperceptions. And sometimes you have to go to the other people and ask them to forgive you because of the way you treated them from your perceptions. Right. Now, bringing this home a little more, you know, a little more personal, because that's where, I mean, face it, that's where we live, uh, with uh, the already and the not yet. And uh, so, in, Dr. Bill, in your life, and just an instance that you can think of that you, you and God had to have it, uh, an understanding, you, you need forgiveness. I've been in ministry for 54 years. Yes, sir. And in the beginning, I used to say, he leads me by green pastors. <laughs> and I was a green pastor. And I had, again, the traditional understanding of pastor, which the, the Lord had to change. But when I realized that I had been hurting God's people yeah. with my attitude and with my harshness and with my judgmentality, I had to go to God and ask forgiveness wow. and say, because you see, forgiveness, unforgiveness, does not imprison the one you don't forgive. Unforgiveness imprisons you. If you leave it there, it can turn to bitterness, and bitterness will contaminate every relationship. And we need to see that. We need to understand that. Because... Uh, I've worked with some bitter folks. Yeah. And no matter what you do, bitterness squeezes out of them. You know, I often say, you know, you can tell when a grape is, is ripe. If the grape is ripe, sweet juice comes out. Yeah. If the grape isn't ripe, that's a sour note. Yeah. 
And so when I find anything in me that is sour, and that, by the way, that can only come when someone steps on my toes wrong <laughs> to show me where where that sourness is. But when I do that, I go back to God and say, God, take me to the root of that so that I can ask forgiveness of it and get rid of it and get rid of the bitterness that came with it. Because we're 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 kind of looking at this from the angle of of uh, Jesus teaching his disciples and ultimately us an outline concerning prayer, and 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 part of it in, dealt with forgive us our sins, we forgive those who sin against us or trespass against us, and. Uh, have you uh, ever had anybody trespass against you? Number one, I've been through several betrayals. Okay. And there's no question about it that a betrayal is sinning against you. Yes, sir. Let me share a bit about that because it was, I was, had moved to the States here, was pastoring a church, and <clears throat> One day on, on the Sunday, we had a wonderful worship service. The presence of God was there. By Wednesday, the leaders had come and said, we don't want you anymore. And they took a young man that I was training and put him in place. Uh, needless to say, I was deeply wounded. But the Lord said, don't get bitter. Uh. So I had to really press in and say, God, keep my heart right. And so at the beginning of that time, that young man said, we don't want you to relate to us anymore. No. And the church doesn't want you here anymore. True. So we literally had to pack up and move. And no job, no support. I mean, it wasn't just... Uh, you know, well, we got some place to go. We had no place to go. The rug was... The rug was pulled out. There wasn't any ground under it, if I could put it that way. Yes, yes. You know. Yeah. And so, in the midst of that, God kept dealing with me about bitterness. Uh, literally, uh, the last day we, as we were moving out, I was laying on a mattress on the floor. Someone else making the decisions. I could not think. I could not move, and they were concerned about me dying. That deep. That's how deep that wound went. Right. But I was able to keep it uninfected, because I kept going to God and saying, God, do a work in me. And I forgave the brother, and I forgave the church. Six months later, the brother phoned, and he said, Bill, if you're not anyone else's apostle, you're mine. Would you be my apostle? I said yes, because my heart had been dealt with, and I had nothing against him. A year later, he called again, and he said, the church would like you to be our covering apostle. That's how full circle That's that That's how gone. full circle that came. Full circle, but up. Up, yes. Improved. Because there was no, there was no rancor on either side. So perhaps... Not always, but perhaps there are times where 
the process of forgiveness is just as a process as part of us graduating. It's part of us graduating. Let me put it this way. I believe in, in our last podcast, we talked about growing up into him in all things. Right, exactly. I believe in even the dimensions of forgiveness. We need to grow up. And he is going to test every area to see that all our relationships are walking in the forgiveness realm. Right. Unforgiveness is going to put uh, infection of anger, uh, upset, bitterness, and many other er negative areas in us if we keep it. Good uh, lead-in. Have you ever met anyone who has harbored unforgiveness? Yes. And can you give an example of that? This was someone very close to me who never forgave, well, two on both sides of the issue. They never forgave their former partner Because there was unforgiveness, especially on the lady's part, she died with almost no friends. She, she, that bitterness invaded the relationship with my brother. It tried to invade my relationship. It invaded the relationship with the grandchildren. And literally, there were not very many that she didn't have odd against. My dad, it's the other side, he was bitter against her. And his funeral, uh, which I conducted both the funerals, there were very few at his funeral. Again, because, now he was, he was uh, totally in the world, but there were very few. What uh, what advice would you give, if any, I'm sure you might have one or two thoughts, what advice would you give to a married couple concerning forgiveness? Number one, keep short accounts. Short accounts. Short accounts. Um, the longer you harbor something, the deeper it goes, especially when it's in that level of relationship. That level of relationship invades not just your soul, but the wound goes all the way into your spirit. So it's better to catch it while it's in the soul before it penetrates the spirit. So keep short accounts. Keep short accounts. Um, when, and, and it can happen where one keeps short account, but the other one doesn't. <laughs> that can cause a marriage to explode. Right. Uh, again, I speak from experience. Keep short accounts. Okay. So in keeping short accounts, you've got to be honest with yourself. Right, right, in fact, right. the fast of Isaiah, in Isaiah, what is it, 58? Just listen to this. I think it's 58, isn't it? Yes. 
I call it the the different phases of fasting, spiritual fasting. But Isaiah 58 and 7, I believe it's the second uh, phase, says, Is not that to deal thy bread to the hungry, that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Right. From what? See, often... Go back to Adam. Adam learned very quickly. He learned from the serpent. The serpent said, God doesn't want you to know some things. And Adam took note because the first thing he did when God talked to him, he said, the woman thou gavest me, she. He hid himself from his own flesh. If he had have made the decision to be the redeemer, it's quite possible we would still be redeemed today and not have the cross. Amen. Now, I believe the cross was God's eternal plan, but when, when I blame, then I am hiding myself from my side of the problem. Exactly, yeah. No, I, I know where you're going with that okay. precisely. And um, by the way, your orthodoxy is not a question here whatsoever. Your 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 uh, theos logos, your God logic is on point. But um, the uh, I guess the 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 last thing here uh, concerning forgiveness is um, how forgiving is God. Really? Well, let's hit something that is an extreme. There are those that say everyone that has ever lived will be saved. It's called universalism. But that does away with the fact that God gave his choice. It's not everybody has to come and is going to come. It's whosoever will may come. God has purchased forgiveness for the whole universe. Okay? That's not in question. What's in question is, am I going to avail myself of that opportunity? Okay? The, the issue becomes not what is God's choice, but what is my choice. I spend eternity in heaven because of my choice. I spend eternity in hell because of my choice. It's not, God does not send me either place. It's my choice. And that's what people forget when they get into this universalism. Everyone's going to be saved. Actually, universalism is another form of purgatory. Because what they say is they'll suffer for a while and then God will bring them home. No, God never violates my choice. Once that choice, now he may deal with me extensively and deeply and strongly, but he never violates my choice. And if I choose not to walk with him, I automatically choose the other. 
It's my choice. And so there are times when I need to ask God to forgive me for making the wrong choices. And when you ask him to forgive you, and I know this can sound a bit simplistic, but break it. When you ask God to forgive you, does he? I mean, does he? Does he do that? It says very clearly in Scripture that not only does he forgive, but God does something that we don't really grasp. He forgets. That's amazing. And he says he buries my sin in the sea, never to be remembered against me anymore. Therefore, when the enemy brings up sin that I have asked forgiveness for, I can tell him that he's in uncharted territory, that I never did it, because if he was to go and check the books in heaven, if I've asked forgiveness, that record is not there of my sin and what I ask forgiveness for. My sin has been blotted out. It's like a redacted government <laughs> government uh, document. You cannot see it. And we need to catch that because the enemy goes back into our past and lays hold of forgiven sin and throws it in our face and we walk in condemnation because we do not believe what he said. It's never to be remembered against me anymore. Amen. With, uh, with, on that note, uh, Dr. Bill, would you bring us home in a word of prayer, please? Father, first of all, thank you for forgiveness. Yeah. Thank you for the principle. Thank you for the work that forgiveness does in us. And thank you, Father, that you forgive us yeah. 70 times 7 a day. You're so great. Lord, I ask that you begin to work in us to bring us to true repentance Amen. so that the godly sorrow that is missing from today's teaching and preaching is activated in our life so that the sin can be not just covered but eradicated. The source in me can be removed so that I never do it again. Father, we recognize and want the people to recognize that that's a process to come to that place. But you said it's possible. Therefore, we are pressing into that place in every area of our life. Thank you, Father. Bless these people. Let this, fathers, let it get down and work in them, we pray, what we've shared today in your precious name. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen. Folks, we love you. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, once again, feel free to drop us a line at lifeforonthefire at gmail.com. 